Listening Dog Media. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hello, this is the Offside Raw World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I'm Kate Borsay. Today, England and the USA made it into the knockout rounds of this World Cup. The Lionesses topped the group with a big 6-1 win, while USA took second spot behind the Netherlands with a nervy 0-0 draw. And the one millionth fan passed through the gates at the USA game as well. Uh, With me today, it's the WSL and ex-England striker Natasha Dowie. Hi, Tash. Hi, guys. And Lindsay Hooper joins me for today's show from an England watch party in central London. Hello, hello. Hello. Yes, I'm at a place called Clubhouse 5 in Leicester Square. I've been enjoying some drinks, some lunch, some goals, some Lauren James. Just it's been brilliant. And to be able to do it with some fans around for the first time this tournament, I've got to enjoy it surrounded by other people than just myself sat on my sofa. Well, that's very nice indeed. Uh, This was a little snapshot of Lindsay earlier. Gosh, Lauren James is in so much space. Yeah, that was the reaction to Lauren James' first goal. And it was the only goal that I managed to catch recording. All the others I was engrossed. Uh, You also preempted the goal as well, uh, which I think is also a very important reason for running the clip. Uh, Let's dive into the detail then of this one. England against China in Adelaide. Four minutes in and the goals were already coming for England in this statement. 6-1 win over China. Alessia Russo, Lauren Hemp, Lauren James, Chloe Kelly and Rachel Daly all on the score sheet. China's only goal came from a Wang Shuang penalty after a Lucy Bronze handball. Joining us for this one, it's Helen Hardy at the Hindmarsh Stadium in Adelaide. Are we allowed to say g'day? G'day, Kate. We can say it because England won, so I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Someone's actually tweeted me saying that yesterday's g'day was particularly good. 
They are clearly getting better. Uh, tell me what it's like. Um, if our listeners are hearing uh, random bits of Elton John and other songs, they're not from Lindsay. Uh, there's, there's still a bit of watch party action in the background. They're coming from the stadium in Adelaide. Uh, tell me what it was like today, just in terms of the atmosphere. Helen, take us there. Yeah, Adelaide is a small stadium. I think I think it was 12,000, 13,000. It was packed out. And I must admit, the China fans were absolutely excellent. And there was a point when I turned around and they were repeating a chant over and over again. I said, what are they saying? And the chant, they said, it doesn't exactly translate, but what it means is work harder. So they're basically chanting, work harder, work harder, work harder. I was like, wow. Shame they didn't listen to them. <laughs> so we need a chant like that. What, what's our chant oh, going to be? Blimey. I'm not sure. I think it might have unsettled the goalkeeper at one point. Um, before we went in, they were doing performances out on the street. Um, they had Chinese dragons. They were doing... Loads of loud drumming and music and really hyping everyone up. The vibes were just so good. And when, of course, when the lineups were announced, we were in the fan park down the road in the centre of Adelaide and all the England fans were just holding their phones up. What do you reckon this means? What does this mean? And we were we were chatting about it too. And I think that's what it's all about. When you go to the stadium, you're surrounded by other fans who really love it and are really involved in it. They want to be a part of every single part of it. It was super special run-up, super special game. Wow, I'm so glad to, to have been here to experience it. Well, what did it all mean? 6-1 is what it meant. We'll dive into the detail with Tash in just a moment. But Linz, uh, just a quick one on the partisan crowd, I think it's safe to say with you today. Lots of influencers were here, so I'm sure there's going to be clips, maybe with me in the background somewhere, all over different social <laughs> like media channels. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing red and white, a red and white stripy top as well, so look out for that. But as well as influencers, we've got people from the world of women's football who've come together over a period of time to support the cause. So different community social channels, I had someone from um, a fan zone area as well, commercial area as well, which has been investing in women's sports. So there's lots of people in that room. And yet at the final whistle, I did manage to have a word with a few of them. I'm Andrew Henderson, uh, former and five-time freestyle football world champion. The Lionesses looked very impressive today. Going into the tournament with a few injuries, I think we were sceptical of how far England could go. And now I think there's hope that we can go all the way. So I'm looking forward to the next few games. There are a few star performances from players like uh, Lauren James and some of the others as well. So I think we can go all the way, and that's, that's my prediction. It's Georgia from her football hub and National World. Oh, my word, what a performance from England. Everybody knew they kind of needed to pull it out of the bag, and God, did they do that. Kira Walsh has had an injury, and look how they've come back from it. Look at that performance. Look at the passion that they've got. Go England, what a performance. Hi, I'm Claudia from Fanzo. Terrific result against China today. Lauren James looking quality. Hopefully we make it to the quarters because that's a 12pm kickoff on a Saturday <laughs> where we can all go to the pub and enjoy ourselves. Well, clearly Lauren James, a big hit in central London. I'm sure there was similar reaction in Adelaide to those goals as well and her assists. I mean, if you'd have chosen her and your ones to watch, you would have been absolutely laughing. None of us did, though, so we'll move on swiftly. Uh, Tash, let's come to you. Uh, we got a first start for Katie Zellum in this tournament, a change of position for Rachel Daly and a change in formation. Uh, listener Michael's been in touch and says, please, can you explain it to us? Uh, and he wants to know your thoughts on it, too. 
Yeah, I think we were all guessing, weren't we, about what the formation might be. And, and I guessed wrong. I thought it was going to be a 4-3-3 because I didn't think Serena would change. You know, she is normally very strict with the way she likes to play. I thought maybe Daly would go out wide. But to see that change of formation, was it five at the back or was it five in the middle? Yeah, five in the middle. Yeah, definitely five in the middle. I think you had the three at the back with Carter, Millie Bright and Alex Greenwood. And then you almost had Rachel Daly, obviously as one wing back and Lucy Bronze. And also, that that's their game. Lucy Bronze, look, Lucy Bronze to me is a great player. I played with her at Liverpool, at Everton. But probably, she would even admit, she likes to get forward more than she does like to defend. And it's like Trent Alexander in the men's game. You know, you want to see Lucy Bronze higher, scoring goals, assisting. That's, that's where her game is. And actually, with a three back, and she has that cover and support now, where when she does bomb on, and then potentially then she might get caught out defensively. That's not the case now. She has that cover and that freedom to go, as does Daly. You know, I think this is where Serena Wiegmann is the best coach in women's football and in the world right now, because she can problem solve. Things haven't been going well for England or not really clicking. And probably looking at the USA game earlier, that's the difference right now. She's got a plan A, she's got a plan B, she's got a plan C. And I think this formation suited the players today perfectly. You know, we had the three that could play out from the back. It allowed Daly to be further forward where she can get goals and she got her goal. It also then allowed Russo, which she loves to drift into channels for Man United. And I think when she's on her own in that nine, she has to stay more central because obviously you've got the wide players out wide. Whereas today with that two up top, it allowed her and Hemp to drift into channels and there would still be that focal point in the middle. And I think Zellum, yeah, I'm so happy for her. I remember playing with Zellum at Liverpool when she was only a kid. And, you know, now to see her captaining Man United, to get her first start for England. And she just played with such maturity today. You know, didn't do anything spectacular, but did the right things well. And actually, it was funny because all the talk today I felt was on Stanway. And actually, I think she was probably the quietest of all the England performers. And we can crack on about Lauren James later, but she, it was just a masterclass today in finishing. Left foot, right foot. It's spectacular. And someone who loves to score goals, she just makes it look so easy. And the thing is as well, Tash, just picking up on what you're saying about Zellum, is that she also offers the set piece deliveries, which otherwise you're relying on Alex Greenwood for those. But I think it's great to have those options. Absolutely. We've seen her score from corners numerous times for Man United. and Oh, another Olympico. <laughs> is that yeah, your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> and that's always her, you know, that's her main strength, you know, her technical side of the game. And her deliveries, you are, they're correct. That brings another, you know, plan A, plan C, plan C, plan D, you know, to England's play. And I think this is where England are special and where probably we are all a bit worried, but now I don't think we should be. And you know what I think the key thing today was as well, is that England have for so many years now relied heavily on Walsh and all their players gone through her. Whereas now that she's not there, I called last week that Hemp needed to up her game. You know, that Toon, that other players, your Kellys, without her, players needed to up their game and they have done today. And instead of just relying on one player to, to play and to work through... Then you had 11 players that came alive and and really expressed themselves a lot more today, which I think was really important. Well, yeah, it does feel like England have finally arrived at this tournament wholeheartedly anyway. Question for you, Linz. Listener Ben has been in touch and he's asking about the Lucy Bronze offside decision on Lauren James's second goal. He says, at what point does a player start interfering? It wasn't just the Lucy Bronze lack of interference for that goal, which should have stood, in my opinion. It was also the the yellow card and 
her handball for the penalty. I can't believe after watching England win 6-1 that I'm sat here and I'm actually still really seething about a couple of these decisions. So let's begin with that goal. I cannot for the life of me work out why that Lauren James lovely finish was ruled out because Lucy Bronze isn't interfering in play. Um, As far as I can see, I was trying to work out if it had been ruled out because of the goalkeeper's view being blocked and it being deemed that, but I still can't work it out. We only got, I think it was one replay at the time, and I must admit at half time, I was getting some chicken wings. So I didn't see any of the other (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But but at the time, from the one replay, I really couldn't work that out. And then you look at the the yellow card she was given. I'm not even convinced that it actually hit her arm. I think it hit her chest and might have clipped the outside of her shoulder as it, it clipped I off Mary Earp. I thought it did penalty. hit part of her arm. Looking at the replay, but her arm wasn't in an unnatural position. Uh, well, she was she was moving her arm back wasn't she to try and avoid the ball and there was a suggestion about whether there'd been a slight little push on her um at all and that was why she'd got herself into that kind of quite sort of ugly position almost Tash yeah I think the handball was harsh um Mary Earps did give her a little nudge I think I'm I was trying to understand as well why the goal was disallowed there was talk of potentially Lucy Bronze obviously being in an offside position to start with but then when the balls come back out again I think it might have come off Russo's head but then Lucy Bronze is involved obviously then in the second phase where she sets it to James and I think that might have been the reasoning behind it if it had come off a China so it had player, gone back further yes, in play right, yeah okay, yeah okay. so that was the talk when when listening on the TV so I think even though I wish it had stood as well I think that was the correct decision but I think that the yellow card and the penalty wasn't the correct decision I know that Helen will have an opinion on this as well being a fellow Geordie you probably know that Geordie rage but there was there was a close-up of Lucy Bronze kicking the seat she was furious Helen and I want you to get to the bottom of it. I was just about to say I didn't know whether it had been shown on TV so when the three substitutes were made all in one firstly that was for me, I'm. A, you know, everyone knows I'm a Lucy Bronze stan, so I'm. I was gutted to see her being, being taken off, but at the same time, I was like, look at the rotation that we're able to do because of this scoreline. Neve Charles got a got a run around. Beth England got to come on, and I was delighted to see them be coming on the pitch. But Lucy Bronze came off the pitch at a different point to the rest of the players and walked up the touchline. She high fived every player down the queue, she high-fived Serena Wiegmann and then she nabbed at the fourth official. She said something at the fourth official and then she turned around and she went over to her seat and she, when I say... Booted it. She not booted it, it was like karate kicked the seat. Um, it, it, it was um, it was quite shocking and really out of place. It, I don't know where it came from. And we were like, Lucy Bronze is not happy and I was like, why I? Get on, pet. <laughs> and was it Geordie Rage? Geordie Rage, got to be, absolutely. Yeah, 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 I yeah. absolutely uh, love that politeness came first and then let the seat have it. <laughs> it was so out of place. She did the entire queue. Serena Wiegmann, someone said, she, do you reckon she's angry because she's being subbed? I was like, no, I think she's angry at the referees there. And then, of course, there's now photographs come out. She she refused to shake the hand of the of the referee at the end of the game. And do you know what? I can see why. Because despite the fact that, you know, you were saying it, Linz, came away 6-1 winners. We should be absolutely delighted. You know, as you say, Kate, we've arrived at the World Cup finally. What a performance by all the players. 
Marriott, players like Lucy Bronze, Millie Wright would be so gutted to have conceded that goal in what felt like a really unfair penalty decision. decision. And then to get a yellow card, it is detrimental to your future progression in the tournament potentially. So really, Mm. really annoying. Imagine if the Golden Glove comes down to one game. Yeah. And this, yeah, this is the point I was going to say. I think that's probably why Lucy was even more gutted, not just because of the wrong call, but I think probably as a defender and a goalie, you have that kind of unit union don't you as a midfielder strikers and they would want to be keeping clean sheets for Mary Earps you know they'd be wanting to help her and I think she probably felt as if she's let her down as well to put her in a situation where she's had to obviously save a PK and haven't been able to. Tash um, we need to talk about Lauren James before we move on at all and you know striker to striker what I would love your opinion on in Lauren James is is her game and her play does that represent the growth of women's football in this country. How much is natural talent? How much is procured? And, you know, when you look at yourself, having been in that position playing for England up front, what does Lauren James bring that is so different and, and you know, maybe then part of the modern game here? Yeah, I think the big thing is, is the development of the game. I think a massive part of Lauren James's game is talent, natural talent. But I do think she's obviously gone away over the last couple of years. Emma Hayes even said on TV, you know, she has worked hard to be in this position and she deserves it. However, Lauren James has something a bit different to to other players. You know, she has this real belief in herself. And even I admit as a striker sometimes, you know, even I score goals everywhere I went, but I still, you know, if I missed a chance, it would be in my head for the next two or three minutes. Lauren James isn't like that. You know, she misses a chance, which she rarely does. It's gone. She's thinking of her next chance. And the ability to be able to score goals like she has today with her left foot and her right foot, and she makes it look so easy. And those finishes are not easy. They are something that you have to practice day in, day out. You know, the shape shot, the way that she can just work off both feet. She has everything. She really does. And today, honestly, it was it was almost like a blessing to watch her play, to be honest. And she really could be the next best player in the world if she carries on developing the way she is. You know what I think is really unique? The fact that, and what we haven't even considered or talked about, is her assists as well. Mm. So this is a player that three of them scores, but she provides. And I think to do that consistently is another level. I've not seen it from another forward player where they're, they're probably equal in talent for both. You know, she can finish with such, with like you say, with both feet, but with such conviction. But she can also perfectly weight that ball for someone else. And usually you need two players to do that and you've got it in one. Mm. Time is going to run away with us. We must talk about China quickly and what went wrong for them. I mean, talking about Lauren James uh, on her second goal, they just left her with so much space. I mean, really rookie defensive errors here in a team like China. 2022 Asian Cup champions they should know better Helen watching them live give us your thoughts well I was saying that this that this morning I'm sure she won't mind me saying it I bumped into Izzy Christensen leaving the airport I said I'm really nervous about later Izzy she said why are you nervous she's like England are gonna be comfortable tonight she said, this China side have not lit up the World Cup they were really lucky against Haiti she, she covered that game uh, they were really lucky to only lose one nil to Denmark and coming into this game with England, who really want to prove the point, but also needed to win tonight, this was a, a China that basically, I think, showed where they're at currently. I was slightly worried when I saw Wang Shuang was back in the, back in the squad. Starting lineup, yeah. And that, that made me really 
nervous again I've been nervous all day can you tell I'm on I'm on the edge <laughs> someone calm Ellen down <laughs> next time I see her out in Australia she doesn't need any more coffee <laughs> seriously but I feel like they've not been a team that have really lit up the World Cup and I think they've really got to go back to the drawing board it wasn't the most dynamic performance at times they're really out of position their back line was all over the place um, and it wasn't a, a China side as you say that over the past few years we thought going to this World Cup could really threaten us back to the drawing board for China I would say all right well listen Helen great to see you uh, we'll let you pack up your bits there uh, before you go though any local phrases there in Adelaide that you've picked up for us <laughs> oh no I forgot I've been so stressed Kate should I just say good day again and then no. leave me alone no, you can't say good day. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> next oh, time no. Helen Hardy next time next I promise time. all right I Helen promise. Hardy in Adelaide thank you for being with us we'll see you again very soon luckily She's uh, left a rather nice departing gift for Lindsay Hooper. We'll get onto that a little later in the show. Not nice enough. (laughs) All right. Goodness me. Hashtag ungrateful. Uh, Let's talk about Denmark. Uh, Just to finish off uh, the discussions uh, on this group, they took second spot in the group with a 2-0 win over Haiti thanks to a Peniel Harder penalty and a late goal from Santa Trollsgaard in Perth. They're going to face Australia in the round of 16. I'm Carla Ward. Join us for the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. Well, the defending champions USA scraped their way through to the round of 16 with a nil-nil draw against Portugal in Auckland. We're joined by the host of the women's soccer show, Sarah Ash, who is watching from New York. Sarah, it is the middle of the night there. And my first question, welcome along, by the way. My first question has to be, Where were the hiccups for you? Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you saying it's the middle of the night because I feel like that's that can disqualify anything super emotional, I say, if that happens. (laughs) I have to say, I I do try to stay positive, and there's definitely some positives to take from this game. We'll find them eventually. But I think that in terms of where the hiccups were, it's kind of a question of where to start. And unfortunately, I have to say that the, the hiccup started with the tactic and the game plan in that I'm not sure what it was. And that's something that we saw from the U.S. prior to the World Cup. We saw a team that came out and looked like they didn't have a game plan sometimes. And frankly, within the past two games of this group stage, that had changed, and I think we had hope. But today, they looked lost. They looked like they didn't know how to possess the ball. And then, unfortunately, the second thing I have to say in the hiccup was the mentality. I've never seen a U.S. go to a five-back and accept a draw like what happened. And seeing that happen, I think it's pretty hard to argue that the mentality is still there. Tash, at the end of the day, the USA have got to try and address these issues going into what is most likely a game against Sweden next. Yeah, I think the big issue right now in watching the US is, you know, I've played against the USA and for so many years, they've dominated physically, speed, power, mentality, everything. But the last couple of years, nations have caught up with them and they've never been known for being a technical team. Let's be honest. You know, you look at probably Haran, Rose Lavelle, maybe Rapino, but all the rest are more just quick, powerful players. And I think that's the problem they're struggling with right now is that these other nations don't fear USA as much and are technically and tactically probably better than them right now. And then, you know, then they kind of don't have a plan B, which is what I think they're really struggling with. I think the big problem is Vatclo doesn't know his best starting 11. And I think you can tell that, you know, I think the question for me is, is Alex Morgan's time up? 
You know, I'm not saying she's necessarily played bad, but she hasn't scored since February. Smith's probably strongest position is through the middle. You know, do you change that? Um, obviously, Rose Lavelle now will be missing the next game. So I think there's a lot of questions. And like you said, I, I watched the game and I, I'm, a, I'm a coach as well as a player. So I like to see the tactical side of things. And I really struggle with their style of play right now. You watch, you watch the Netherlands today and it's very clear what their style of play is. With the USA, because they haven't got that plan A of let's just go along and beat teams now, I think then they really struggle. And I would be fascinated to see what you think maybe their strongest 11 is, Sarah, if you have an opinion on that. I think you nailed it. First of all, uh, the start, the, the starting 11 has been a question mark. And unfortunately, England fans now do understand the trials of not having a true six that you can lean on. And I do think that a lot of it starts there. You know, we can't hang our hats on the fact that Becky Salbron's not here. She's not here. But for a very long time, before Julie Ertz was back, the six was a question mark across the board. And Vladko tried a lot of different players in that position. And frankly, nothing ever truly clicked and not everything hinges from the six but I was watching this game and I couldn't help but say that in the second half I did feel like this game was calling for Julie Ertz to be pushed into that midfield because we couldn't control the ball we couldn't control the game and that does stem from the center of the pitch and it was slow on offense and it was slow on defense and that's something that Julie Ertz can change tempo wise now obviously She's one of the best players in the world. You need her in the back line as well, as we saw. So it gets tricky. But I think that's a question that Vladko Andonovsky was never able to solve, whether that was finding the right player or changing a formation or simply changing the style of play. But he wasn't able to do any of those things. And I, I thought today what really went wrong is that the U.S. is great at exploiting the flanks and we couldn't figure out how to do that. Usually uh, our outside backs, our left back and our right back are able to get forward. Crystal Dunn and Emily Fox were rarely able to do that. I think I saw Emily Fox make one run, and that's where she's strongest at. And it looked like our outside backs and our wingers were just fighting for space on the wing instead of one of them pinching in. So I think, you know, there's a lot of things, Tosh, that we can break down tactically, yeah. but those were the two glaring things mm -hmm. that stood out for me. I think that's going to be the fascinating thing as this tournament progresses. And when they come up now against the better teams, your, your Sweden now, is that how do they problem solve that when things aren't clicking and it needs to start clicking, clicking soon. Uh, so I think your key, I think the coach needs to do better to allow these players to shine because they are world-class players, but we just haven't seen it really yet in this tournament. Sarah's nodding along there. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Sweden. It just kind of, you know, Sweden for the US fans, it, you think of Sweden and you think of the Olympics, the Rio Olympics after the 2015 World Cup. And I can't help but draw the parallel here because it does feel like that pivotal moment in the U.S. women's national team. And that was, a, that was a massive moment for us after winning the World Cup in 2015 and getting a wake-up call in the Olympics, getting knocked out in the round of 16 by Sweden. That is certainly how today is starting to feel this tournament might turn out to be for the U.S. And I think it's been building for a couple of years and people haven't wanted to believe it, but I think it's here. Even though things aren't gelling and clicking, Never, ever doubt the USA, though. I'm telling you now, it's one of those nations. I've still got them as my favorites to win it. They always find a way somehow. <laughs> I, I love the positivity. Let's do the positivity. Yeah. Hey, you got out of the group stage, right? <laughs> got out of the group stage. We're here. New slate. That Portugal chance, Anna Capeta hitting the post. That was extreme nervousness. What do we think about Portugal? What, is, what does Sweden take from this game, Sarah, in terms of their approach to the USA? And, and look, we have to credit Portugal here, right? Absolutely. I'm glad you said that. 
all credit to Portugal. I think that any team that underestimates Portugal hasn't been watching what happened. We saw them draw with England. We saw what they could do in the Euros as a team that can upset anybody. And they're not afraid to do so. I mean, if anybody expected them to come out on the back foot, I think it was very clear in their formation right from the start that they were in it to win. What can Sweden take from Portugal? I almost don't want to tell them. Um, <laughs> listen, I think it's just that the game is there when you play the U.S. now. It's there for the taking. And to come out strong against the U.S. is the way to do it. And to take that game up front tactically, we saw how much that back line was being split. And those through balls to the diagonal runs from the flank, that's what I would take tactically from it. Look, it's been so good to speak to you. Uh, Sarah Ash from the Women's Soccer Show. It's a great podcast. I enjoy it. I'll give it a little plug because we all can share this space. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Everybody brings something different. Absolutely. Sarah, really good to be joined by you and hope we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for having me on. Keep up to date with everything going on at the Women's World Cup in Australia by using the free Sky Sports app. You'll find news, interviews, live match coverage, analysis and much more. You don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Go to your app store, download it and away you go. And after the World Cup, it's the best app for WSL coverage and so much more, including F1, the Premier League, world-class boxing, international cricket and more. Remember, you don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Just search for Sky Sports in your app store. Well, the Netherlands secured top spot in Group E ahead of USA with a 7-0 win against Vietnam in Dunedin, the biggest winning margin of the World Cup so far. The thumping win saw two goals apiece from Esme Brucht and Jill Roard, with Lika Martins, Katja Snoyash and Danielle van der Donk with the rest. I think I've got those pronunciations down fairly Very well good. today, actually, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. Now that I've done those for you, uh, give me your thoughts. You were watching this one uh, for us. It was on at the same time as the USA game, of course. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, you were so jealous. I was getting all the goals and it was nil-nil in your match. I was watching and admiring the movement from the Netherlands players in this match. They kept pulling the Vietnam players out of position in nearly every attack. And so they just didn't switch on with it. And they were also being out-muscled. And it, it feels like quite an obvious statement to say there because we know the Dutch are, are quite a presence as a team and Vietnam probably more on the slight side. But they just couldn't wrestle the ball off the Netherlands at all. So there were very few turnovers in play for Vietnam. And when a, when a, a team like the Netherlands are going to dominate the ball, dominate possession, I thought it could have been nine or ten, to be honest. It started the first three minutes. Vietnam went for it, <laughs> literally three minutes. Um, and I thought, oh, it's going to be quite a game. And then it just completely went the other way. They had no way either of manoeuvring themselves back into this match. And, and I thought that was quite interesting that maybe even though we have heaped so much praise on the World Cup debutants and the fact that they've held their own in some regard at this World Cup, maybe one of the gulfs that we've not ma managed to analyze as much it is that I think I think that's the area that we've got to look at now and say well they can't manage to work themselves out of of trouble I think once they're in out trouble, of losing positions that's it. yeah that's yeah. it yeah, yeah. Uh, Tash what are your thoughts on the Netherlands as contenders to take home the trophy oh they're strong you know they're definitely up there now I've been really impressed with them in the group stages I think their new formation in the 3-5-2 they're normally a 4-3-3 
with their quick wide players and Miedemar through the middle. But they've had to adapt as well, similar to what England had to do today. And this formation has really suited the players that they've got in this squad as well. And I think I've got to point out Esme Brutes for me. She plays for PSV. She's someone that I've followed a lot over the last couple of years, has been linked heavily to United. And she's just literally basically set the World Cup alight today with her goals as well and her assists. And she's a really exciting young player, similar to James. But yeah, they're going to be up there for sure. And I think every team is going to be wanting to avoid this Netherlands team. They look so strong. And from the off, I love their ruthlessness. You know, they you could tell they wanted to win this group. They, would, they weren't even really celebrating the goals. They were literally grabbing the ball, getting it back to the penalty spot. Let's go again for more. And that's what the best teams do. All right, well, Vietnam go home. The Netherlands play the runner-up in Group G in the round of 16. That could be Italy, South Africa or Argentina or Sweden if there's a massive swing in goal difference. Next up, it's our Ones to Watch predictions game. Here's producer Sophie with the rules. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports Ones to Watch, the game where you predict tomorrow's top player. So pick a player and let's get started. You'll get two points for a goal, it's one point for an assist, and one point for a clean sheet if you're a defender. And if you pick a goalkeeper, it's two points for a clean sheet and three points for a penalty save. Oh, and minus one for a red card. We're going to be keeping tallies throughout the tournament. There'll be a pundits team, a producers team, and of course, a listeners team. So keep your scores at home and let us know how you're getting on. Let's play. Well, listeners, if you want to join in at any point, just start with the same number of points as the person in last place to get going. The scores are the producers move out in front on 19 after two Jill Roard goals. I'm second on 14. Nothing for me with Sophia Smith. The pundits are third on 11. Same reason. And Lindsay, you're up to eight, thanks to Alessia Russo. Are you happy with with Helen's legacy? You've been off for three shows and she's left you with... um, couple of points there I'm much happier with her than I was yesterday when I when I found out she'd gone Sanka the Sanka oh my gosh and Tash I knew what Tash would be thinking because she knew she's like she's not gonna play she's not gonna play um no. so yeah I, I think Helen described it as brave I I think it was sabotage on Wednesday then the second spot in the knockouts is up for grabs in group G as Sweden who are already through play Argentina and Italy face South Africa and in group F Jamaica look to knock Brazil out as France who aren't completely safe yet either play Panama so who are your ones to watch Natasha Dowie Wendy Renard for France. I think they should win comfortably against Panama. She got an important header last game against Brazil. She's known for being a threat from set pieces. I think she'll keep a clean sheet and I think she'll get a goal. So I'm going going for Wendy Renard of France. Okay. Uh, Producer Sophie has gone for the same player, Wendy Renard. I've gone for Amanda Illestat. She's had a taste of goals in both of Sweden's games. Uh, They don't need to win this one, but I think they'll enjoy it. uh, And I think we'll see some more from her. Lindsay? I think Sweden are going to have way too much for Argentina. I don't think they're going to have much of a look in here. I'm going to go Fridolina Rolfer. I'll go for the Lauren James effect. If she could get a couple of assists and a goal, that would be great. <laughs> I mean, everyone would love the Lauren James effect, wouldn't they? Uh, to bump up their points. She would, you would accelerate, Lindsay, if that was yeah. the case. Uh, well, look, you, you've been off for the last few podcasts. Let's see if you can redeem your score uh, through your own efforts alone, really, more than Helen Hard is. Uh, thanks to both of you for joining us. Tash Dowie, thank you to you. See you guys.
And Lindsay, thank you to you. Thanks, Kate. I'm sorry I missed your birthday podcast, but happy belated birthday. I'll oh, treat happy you. Birthday. That's absolutely fine. I'll get you to make it up to me. Now, if you're listening, please don't forget to rate, follow and subscribe to this show and share your thoughts with us as well. We love hearing from you and it's really good to aim your questions at our pundits as we've been doing today. Uh, just get in touch with the hashtag OffsideWC and at OffsideRulePod. This has been the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. We'll speak to you next time sports social podcast network hey have you ever used cheapo air for years and i really like it with cheapo air you can book online use their app or even over the phone they've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations they're my go-to for travel planning and if you join their club miles program you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel book on the app and you get double points sounds like it's time i tried cheapo air call cheapo air at 855-247-3279 or visit cheapoair.com slash podcast